Good, good morning, everybody. You see the stock market today? Up, down, pick a direction, huh? Man, I don't know about you guys, but I've been circling these wine ads all morning. Now, who wants to take a break and build a birdhouse? Good morning, Greendale. I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. And here are your morning announcements. And today, we're talking about Community Season 2, Episode 18, Custody Law and Eastern European Diplomacy. Uh, I, I've gotten some, some feedback recently, and I want to address it before we get into outsourcing Mike's bits. Uh, in the, uh, I don't know if, if everybody's listened to this, but the latest My Brother, My Brother and Me... <laughs> Uh, has an interesting uh, section where, uh, unfortunately, it seems that Justin McElroy has seen the same Facebook ad that I did and bought uh, Poddex for his podcast. Um, I have looked into legal proceedings, and it seems like a, not a great choice for me at this time. However, if um, if if I somehow influenced Mabim Bam, uh, Justin McElroy, uh, or Griffin McElroy, or Travis McElroy, or even maybe Clint McElroy, I do uh, want to suggest that if you are listening, uh, one of the McElroys, and you would love to have me on the podcast for being a visionary with the Poddex, um, we, I, I believe uh, I, I can make that work, possibly. Who knows? Um, so just give us a con- uh, an email at our contact. I believe it is contact at goodmorninggreendale.com. Yep, contact at goodmorninggreendale.com. Hit us just, up. Yeah, just hit us up and we'll see what we can do as a guest part. Maybe maybe a, a community uh, specific uh, question or a, a, a computer question. We can make something funny. Possibly, if you are listening to this, you know it's not a very funny podcast, but we are doing a podcast here. I would really like to get Justin McElroy on as a guest for this podcast just so we can ask him a stupid question from the pod decks and then he'll give us his answer and then be like well that's it bye and then the entire rest of the podcast we don't even mention him again and just (laughs) pretend that that never happened i mean we can do that via cameo because i'm sure he's on cameo (laughs) um anyway so yes uh mcelroy's if you are listening uh please hit us up i would love to be on your podcast and show so would ben um that being said i believe it is time for outsourcing mike's bits please clap (laughs) (laughs) i gotta bring the jeb energy today uh let's get that good good shuffle good let's bring that good jeb energy we got this oh oh baby the good jeb energy into the shuffle does does my brother my brother and me get the good shuffle in there they do not that is a uh i've that's a that's a mic trademark i've trademarked it i've patented it and i've copyrighted it so uh None of that. Uh, just uh, for legal uh, notice, TM, that is TM, not TM. true. I have no idea what any of those words mean. Um, I've listened to my brother, my brother, and me. All you need to do is say TM, TM, TM. Uh, that's correct. And then, it, TM, and then TM. It's, it's good. We're all good here. Hit me up with that card, my dude. All right. It is time to, t- to read the card from Outsourcing Mike's Bits. What is the scariest sound you could hear in the middle of the night? So I I will say that uh, about a month ago maybe um, I I was going to bed um, I I I got into bed a little bit late it was a weekend I'm a night owl I tend to to get into bed pretty late sure Sarah was already asleep 
um, I got into bed and it sounded like there was definitely like a rodent of some sort in the crawl space okay. above our apartment. Just going like, just like, but then like louder. And I was just like, what the hell? Like, cause it was like it was midnight. And so, you know, you, you can't see it. You don't know what it is. You're just like, like we, we guessed maybe it was like a possum sure. or something that just got up in there. And then, um, I was like, cool. Now I need to go to bed because it's midnight and I just got to hope for the best. And then in the in the morning, I was like, "Did you like hear anything going to?" Be? And she's like, "No." And then it like about an hour later started happening again. And I'm like, "There, there it is." And it, <laughs> she was like, "Yeah, it's probably just a possum or whatever." Like she wasn't freaked out, sure. and I was just like, "This possum's gonna kill us all." No. Sure. Yeah, that's what uh, possums are known to just kill people indiscriminately. Um, but I, I do, I'm with you on that noise and I have a noise, uh, similar lines, um, as a cat owner, the scariest sound I can hear in the middle of the night is a cat trying to throw up. Some would um, say alternate, some would say, you know, somebody breaking into their house to come kill them would be scarier, but as a millennial, I'm okay with death. What I am not okay with <laughs> is having to clean the rug if the cat vomits on it. Alternate take cat eating plastic also true alternate take as a dog and cat owner the dog eating the cat vomit the dog <laughs> eating anything frankly is is terrifying enough um alternate millennial take is uh something something boomer um <laughs> I thought you were going to be like a text from my boss. Boom. No, alternate, alternate millennial take a telephone call. Ooh, spooky. It's your mom calling you. You haven't called her enough. Oh, actually I do need to call my mom today <laughs> because I haven't called her in a week or two. She's Make be- sure when you call her be like hey mom and then like get a good shuffle in on that pod decks there of course pull pull a pull out a a card from the what the heck deck and then be like so uh what's the most skeleton skeleton you ever found in a closet so what you're saying to me is to burn one of these wildly important cards on uh, a non-recorded conversation with my mom. Yes. Also, you know that that would be the one time where you pull a good a card good that's like, here's a great and hilarious and relevant question all rolled up into one. And you'd be like, I wasted this is it. The w- we all trusted you. We were all rooting for you. You were, you were the chosen one. <laughs> <laughs> in that moment, I we like, both realized we were both nerds. Uh-huh. In that moment, as if we didn't already know that we're both giant nerds. We we were both just like it, at that exact moment, like, all right, cool. Let's just lean into Star Wars Episode Three. You know the, uh, the yeah. classic Star War. Uh, everyone's favorite. Mm. Star in fact, War. I believe that was the Star Wars that Anyang was being told to go watch. Uh, now we're just getting way off topic. Let's We had a topic. We have a topic on the show? 
This is not another Good Morning Greendale Nights. We're here to do a thing. Although um, I did enjoy that, and I hope I hope everybody else did, because it <laughs> seems like we should add that into the rotation. Uh, may, yeah, maybe maybe like end of season or something, we can do another one of those. It, it got wild. It got wild, um, and it was fun. I mean, the best episode of Back to the Futurama was the one titled Ben Fudged Up, where I watched the wrong episode, and then we just <laughs> talked about whatever i'm pretty sure we talked mostly about podcon 2 in that episode um people loved ben fudged up it was it was a great episode so clearly we We, are trying too hard and that makes our podcast bad right when when all our uh, you know we we've heard you listeners all you want is for ben to fudge up over and over and over again uh let's talk about community season 2 episode 18 Hopefully I watched the right episode. Custody law and Eastern yes. European diplomacy. Also known as the one in which they try to make war crimes funny. Uh, big Jeb energy. Anyways, uh, <laughs> in the study room, we start out in the study room and it's a baby shower for Shirley. And Annie has clearly planned this and it is an entire uh, both African and chinese celebration because they don't know who the father is and annie has decided to go all in on on the race aspect of this yes uh annie got uh the child a doll uh and to be sensitive on whether or not the father is andre or chang uh got both an african-american doll and a nice letter from the manufacturer pledging to increase their diversity of their dolls uh, Shirley says that regardless of any biological happenstance, uh, she does actually uh, 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 thank her for trying to be inclusive, which is, you know, good. Uh, but regardless of any biological happenstance, again, having sex with Chang, um, Andre will be the father raising the child. There was everyone was a zombie. Like, I'm not <laughs> I'm not going to blame Shirley for this one. I mean, oh, I'm not blaming her either. I just find it funny that she uses the term biological happenstance. I, she's she's being a polite Christian woman. She doesn't want to say sex or bone polite, down hard or bone down hard. Polite Christian women don't say that. They don't say bone down hard or sex. Ever. You know what? Maybe they should. Uh, maybe, maybe they shouldn't. I don't know. <laughs> this podcast I, is a ding dong podcast. Whatever. I would like more people to say bone down hard. Um, mm. like that would be great. Um, <laughs> I don't have any follow-ups. <laughs> well, I was thinking about that, and I was like, actually, I don't know if that would be great. Um, that'd be kind of that'd be kind of weird. Um, I do. I do feel like the horniness of society has increased tiktok seems to be pretty horny on main as well so you know what maybe our maybe our society needs to be hornier and more accepting of that horniness i feel like everyone was already horny and i just feel like a year into a pandemic people have stopped caring about putting on airs you're already not wearing normal pants every day right Right. you're like putting on like at all gym shorts or sweatpants or no pants Mm-hmm. and and cl- logging into zoom because no one no one can see below the belt anyways it doesn't matter sure you're you're, you're done with putting on on those airs and so Look, i'm not even wearing a full shirt 
everyone yeah just it cuts off right at the yep. belly button right at the belly button that i gotta i gotta have it winnie, winnie the pooh in it mm-hmm. i'm winnie the pooh in it over here <laughs> so you know you're already not putting on those airs so i feel like maybe everyone's just like yeah we've been horny the whole time and now we're just we're, we're tired of hiding it we're it's too much energy so you know, I feel like I feel like maybe it's just it's just how it is. It's not that society is hornier. It's that society is just like, yeah, whatever. Screw we're, it. We're, uh, we're horny. going horny on Maine. That's our new direction. And you know what? I think that's a good direction. Being acceptance of horny on Maine is great, as long as everything G- good, is consensual. Good morning, Greendale. Pro horny on Maine. That's our that's our stance. <laughs> it's true. You know what? I'm I'm happy to be on this side of the path. Mm-hmm. You're on the right side of history. So uh, the right side of horny history, hornstery. Nope, that's awful. Okay, let's that, keep going. Uh huh. So, uh, uh, Andre, we've gotten, we've gotten though, five seconds into this episode. We've gotten five seconds into the episode. Andre is. Like, you know, it, it doesn't really matter because, like, regardless, like, we're, you know, we're going to raise the baby. I'm going to treat it like my own. I seem to recall a story about a man named Joseph who happily raised a baby who wasn't his, which Pierce, Pierce says of th- course, assumes is Joe Kennedy, uh, history's greatest chump. My favorite part is that he doesn't start out with Joe Kennedy. He's just like. He history's greatest chump. Everybody stares at him for a minute, being like, <laughs> and then he's like, well, "We're talking about Joe Kennedy, right?" It's like, no, what? No. The um, the other thing I wanted to talk about in this scene with Pierce is that he because he eats some of the African food that that Annie has prepared for this strangely race race centric right. baby shower. And Pierce says, I, I don't know how you people can eat this food. And Andre's like, maybe maybe you shouldn't uh, say you people. And Annie goes on this whole thing about how it's like, well, we created this bargaining system because he's not, you know, really uh, sensitive to those issues. And so he gets to say you people uh, instead of some of his more favorite phrases. And I'm like, Annie, what? the hell this is yeah this is pretty awful (laughs) messed up like you want to you want to talk about a broken stare my dude like holy crap you can't (laughs) you can't just be like well okay he he says he says you people and you know because he used to say so much worse it's fine now this is fine because she words it she words it so much like just like no, 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 black person. It is fine yeah, that he says really that. Bad. <laughs> like, I, th- like, holy to the crap, point where, Annie. Like, uh, he, he says something like, I got Jewish personed out of that one, end quote. And uh-huh. she gives it a thumbs up and kind of, it kind of gives the same energy as mission accomplished coming down. <laughs> like, no, Annie, this is not, no, no, this is not a good, no. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it, it's a, wild i I know i don't mean to keep making you bleep me but it's wild it is a truly wild exchange uh that like i i feel like probably the first time i watched this i was just like yeah you know i'm not i'm not saying that's like a good thing but like it it's not like punching me in the face and i watch i watch this day i'm like annie seriously 
Like, but I will say, I will say, I think it makes sense for like a 19 year old, uh, who is just like, I'm going to college and I'm being inclusive. Right. I did my part. So I, I buy it for Annie as a character, but also I'm just like, what the hell? Oh my God. Yeah. I did. I did want to point that because it's, it, it like, it was astounding that whole exchange. I'm just, okay. Mm. All right. This is when Chang decides to be to pledge to be a lovable uncle, and then when everybody is skeptical of that, reduces his offer to creepy uncle, last offer. Good uh, job, Chang. The Dean also shows up in a weird combo of like a a uh traditional looking African top and a Chinese like rice patty hat i don't know i don't know what you would call that he looks he looks like he's uh a conical hat right in from uh mortal combat yeah uh it's uh, wildly appropriative (laughs) it's not great yeah uh yikes uh and jeff's like why is everyone at the school obsessed with race and i do think that he is wrong here because intersectionality is important you need to know that for true justice but there is also going too far (laughs) i mean he's i i think he's correct in this because he he he's right they are obsessed and by by that i mean obsession in a in a sort of classical like unhealthy sort of way that is fair yes like there there's a difference between saying i need to be aware of what i am doing and what i am saying um and being inclusive and also being like uh, so there's a difference between that and being like okay cool i'm throwing a baby shower for my black friend but also the baby might be half chinese so gonna make some egg rolls like <laughs> that's true it could just you know have have a cake or you know like cupcakes or pie like you could just do norm normal normal stuff it doesn't have to be tied into the cultural identity of of people yeah i, I agree with you there so yeah i think i think jeff is right in saying in in his use of the word obsessed because that's they fair. are uh, Britta also at this point asks Troy and Abed about their friend that they were hanging out with the other day, uh, whose name is Luca, and they immediately get defensive and they're like, no, you cannot bone him because <laughs> this always happens. You start dating a guy that we're hanging out with and then you ruin him. Uh, Jeff says that this guarantees that she will bone him. Um this this comes after Abed and Troy giving the child a large bottle of water because when the child is a lone scavenger in the nuclear wasteland, it will be worth its weight in gold. And I just wanted to reference that Fallout 3 was released three years before this episode, so they probably have played it. We cut to Abed's dorm room. They are sitting on the couch. They're playing some sort of shooting game uh, yeah, with Yeah, some kind of Luca. war game. Luca is played by Enver... Go cash. I don't know how to say his name, unfortunately. Come on the podcast and correct us. Uh, we're we're dumb butts. M- Mike will ask a question from the pod decks, and then you can call him an idiot, just I like have, I do. You know what? I ha- I have being reduced <laughs> to one thing about what I do, and I'm okay with it for a while. 
there hey there's two things you talk about weird al so <laughs> weird al and pod decks the weird mike al, guarantee weird al come on the podcast so mike can ask you a question from the pod Look, decks if weird al comes on this podcast you know i will die afterwards because my life will have i have i will have succeeded in my life's goal of meeting weird al like that is the end point for me like just know that <laughs> I, 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 I sent him a letter and got a signed uh, eight by 10 back and I cried like it's a piece of paper that he signed and I cried. J- j- I'm not I'm not exaggerating that much when I say I will die if I ever meet him. Are, are you in the same uh, same situation that Troy is with LeVar Burton where yes. like you can't disappoint a picture. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. if you met him, you would just be staring at him and sobbing uncontrollably. Yes. Okay. Yes, Absolutely. Okay. Weird Al, he come saved on the podcast. Me. I've talked about this on I've Brought My Own Soapbox, a podcast that d- deserves more love from me. <laughs> Weird Al, come on the podcast. Uh, hang out with Mike. And uh, you and I can talk while he stares in abject horror um, and adoration. Anyways. Adoration? Luca, nope. <laughs> I mostly know him uh, from, he played Victor in Dollhouse. Okay. Um, I've not seen that and show. he was in some other things, but mostly every time I see him, I'm like, oh yeah, it's that guy. He was pretty good in Dollhouse. All right. He has some things to say about this game, namely that the nine millimeter is uh, kind of wussy. It's what you give to girls at their sweet 16. Uh, sure. Try using the rocket launcher instead. And so he, he shows that he is very good at this game about war and killing people. Mm-hmm. And there is a Wilhelm scream. Um, oh, I didn't notice that. When, yeah, Abed launches a rocket or a grenade launcher. He launches a grenade, and then you hear this ah, and then you, you gotta Brita hear walks it. in. I just I missed it this time. One of one of those things that comes up on different watches, I suppose. Do you think there's a podcast about the Wilhelm scream specifically and all the times it's been used in things? That'd be I, a long podcast. It would be a long podcast, but one that I'm looking for actively. <laughs> Wilhelm. Scream podcast. Uh, There is podcast episodes about it. There is a Wilhelm Scream podcast named, but it seems to be uh, best of. uh, Follow Mark and Jacob as they travel down the dark road of tenuous friendship, discussing all manners of dreary topics endemic to modern culture. No, that doesn't sound fun at all. Um, Yeah, that sounds kind of depressing, actually. Ooh, the Wilhelm team. (laughs) <laughs> the Wilhelm team is a podcast about one of the most iconic sound effects used in modern cinema, the Wilhelm scream. Every other week, the team discuss a different film, TV show, or game that contains it. Oh my God. <laughs> are you, are you subscribing right now? Absolutely. Are you matching that subscribe button? Like, okay. Yes. I, I, I've not heard this and I'm hoping it's good. They just released an episode <laughs> on February 22nd, 2021. There's a Wilhelm scream and Howard the duck. Are you telling me that anybody <laughs> wouldn't want to listen to this podcast? It's an hour and night. 19- minutes long i'm so excited well um, um team <laughs> there it is oh yeah oh yeah subscribe yes L- looking forward to hearing uh there's 25 episode. episodes looking forward to hear what you think of that podcast there's a wilhelm scream in poltergeist i'm so excited in poltergeist okay Look, that that is an episode that came out August 17th, 2020. If anything, this tells you that it is absolutely a pandemic podcast, but that's a different thing. Uh, So Britta shows up 
and she is like, hey, I'm just uh, stopping by. Bad time. And they're both like, yeah. And she's she introduces herself uh, as Britta. And Luca is like, oh, just like Britney Spears. And she says, yes. And then she starts singing a song. Hit me with your genius bottle. Rub it all over me. Okay. Um, I have, however, sorry, I wanted. I was distracted because I was uh, sub- subscribing. You, myself you had to, to the subscribe in real time to a podcast about the Wilhelm scream. I get it. Like I was gonna do a <laughs> a, 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 a soapbox about the Wilhelm scream, but now I don't have to. I can just be like, go listen to that instead. Probably. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know if it's any good. And whatever I would have written was probably awful too. So hooray! So uh, regardless, Britta's weird. Uh, attempt to be like Britney Spears, but also it's kind of Christina Aguilera, but also it's really bad works. And, uh, how many, of course, how many times does somebody singing rub that genie's bottle all over me? How does it, how often does it not work? It's, uh, it's, it's the, it's what every guy wants. It's what every guy wants. Frankly, yes. You know, when I was a single guy, if, uh, if, uh, uh, attractive lady came up and was like, hit me with your genie's bottle. I'd be like, hell yeah, baby, let's do this. I already have my pants off because I'm Winnie the Poohing it. <laughs> because it's a pandemic and who needs pants? This um, this this Zoom date is hot. <laughs> uh, th- this is why everyone's horny all the time because this is what passes for flirting and... Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you got to redirect that energy somewhere. And that's to be horny on Maine. Society is weird, isn't it? Troy and Abed are very upset about yes. this. Uh, they insist yet again that you will ruin him. Right. Because and she's like, OK, no, stop. Name one time this has ever happened. And they name a whole list of people. And then it calm like they're both saying different names and then they both say at the same time jeff and she's like what do you mean i did not and it's, they're like yeah i mean because you mean you mean jeff nipple play winger like we don't need to know about that fair enough i mean you know we all have our own separate things and we we can we can broadcast them if you want and if if you don't want to do that that is also fine i also feel like that's a very like late teens early 20 thing to be like I can't, I can't know that about a person. Whereas now I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, all right. Tell me, tell me all about like, that's weird. That's, you know, it's interesting, I guess. I don't care. I'll, I'm fine knowing what Jeff Winger's into. I mean, Jeff Winger is also a fictional character. Well, yes. If but you here, were in Jeff, universe, Jeff Winger you. is a stand in for like a friend. I like, see. So I'm fine insert knowing what friends, friends are into. I, gotcha. I don't, I don't care. I do a whole podcast about it. So like, come on. That's, that is true. I do want to point out that Luca, we're all uh, horny on Maine. We all know what everyone's into. We all know what everyone is into. Uh, Luca uh, does have to head out because he's cooking Podvarak, which is a Serbian baked sauerkraut. That sounds actually pretty good. They are begging her to not date Luca, um, which Abed says that if you don't date Luca, I will give you one of these. And it's a sweatshirt for when everyone 
Uh, it was a sweatshirt for everyone who was all part of the big paintball adventure last year. It says, it's all downhill from here. Now, what I don't, like, is this a, is this a reference to, like, the, the paintball episode being, like, some, some plateau that, that critics assumed community would never get to again? Because I tried looking up more information about this, but there was no info on IMDb or on Wikipedia about That's... the meaning behind the sweatshirt. First off, that is odd. Those two places should have all this information. Uh, second, it does feel like that was a like a super meta joke. Um, and it's got to come from somewhere, right? Right. Like it could be that they are just like joking at how good the episode, like the the paintball episode, is like the you know magnum opus of community, and everybody's like, well, we can never hit that again. <laughs> Because I I feel like that's what that's on about. Maybe it's something that's talked about in the in the uh, commentary mm-hmm. on the DVDs, which I famously have not watched because I don't tend to watch commentary. Right. Um, uh, if you've listened to the commentary, let us know. Tweet at Good Greendale. But I, I feel like that has to be a meta reference, right? It has to be, right? Why else would a sweatshirt say it's all downhill from here for a paintball tournament? Right. It's not even a pun on like it's not like downhill racing because if you were like in like a boxcar derby or something, right? Like, all right. downhill that, from yeah. here. Because <laughs> now that's cl- that's joke. actually clever. Like that See, exactly. that makes a lot of sense. I'm into that. Yeah, I'm gonna start a boxcar. Wait, is there a Portland boxcar derby? <laughs> Pinewood. What am I thinking? I have no idea. Um. The only the only events I know of in Portland involve me riding my bike naked. So sure. <laughs> uh, what am I thinking of? There's like this adult soapbox derby. There it is. Yeah, I'm gonna we're gonna do that, and it's gonna be like it's all downhill from here. Also, I'm gonna be naked the whole well, time. Well, sure. You know that's that's you though. Um. That's that's generally what you do. There is a kids track, so I just want to put that out there. That oh, you might okay. Want to I should I that. should probably I should probably wear uh, some pants then. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all, all you really need is a, a thong, I think. Um, <laughs> okay, moving on. Becoming a racer. Uh, so, anyways, Britta is like, yeah, okay, whatever. Like, honestly. Like, I kicked your asses at that anyways. Pew, 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 pew. She's very uncool. Um, Painfully. Britta, the thing I love about Britta is every time she tries to be cool, she is painfully uncool. Like, and so utterly I, uncool. I, she, in this regard, she is my kindred spirit because same. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, yo, I'm going to I'm gonna do this really cool thing that I think is cool. Oh, no. I am a dork yet I, again. I bungled it yet again. Yeah, I'm also not cool. You're trying also... to sign up for a, a boxcar derby right now and yeah. listening to Wilhelm Scream podcasts. And recording my own <laughs> podcast. So, you know. I think I think you're the opposite things. of cool. But I think, I think that makes you pretty cool in my book, which, by the way, is a dork's book. So It's true. You don't want me to think you're cool because well, that I means am, you're not I cool. I am counterculture because I'm not explicitly horny on Maine. <laughs> so, you know, there's a lot of things that I'm like ant- like counterculture on. I'm going to have to subtitle this episode Horny on Maine, aren't I? I think you are. Okay. Out in the hall, Shirley wants some help from Jeff. She has a big 
packet of paper she wants Chang to sign. It is a forfeiture of parental rights, which Jeff is like, look, I, 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 I wouldn't poke that bear. Chang is not really a threat. He's not really father material. I don't think you have to worry about him. Right. Uh, he's like, I don't think he'll be a hands-on baby daddy. And she's like, oh, so we just know what's going on in Chang's head, huh? And then points. And Chang is running around in circles after trying to get his backpack like a dog would be trying to chase its own tail. Um, and Jeff's like, I'll do this for the child. Yeah. I mean, at that point, not doing it is like child endangerment. Exactly. There's a lot. You know what? This episode has a surprising amount of child endangerment in it. But we'll put we'll put a pin in that one. You know, you know what uh, they say about uh, uh, suggesting child endangerment in the first act, right? You got to fire the endangerment in the third. Over at Luca's, Britta is already making out all over on top of Luca. I mean, he's an attractive um, man. I'm not going to lie. He's he's an attractive man. Uh, you know, we uh, I think. If last week's episode, uh, uh, where we talked at length about Bone Collector Aquaman, and uh, I forgot uh, about Bone Collector Aquaman, <laughs> amazing, and uh, I've forgotten his name. He's a very he's a very hot dude. I I think we have we have shown we have been horny on Maine and shown that uh, we are pro hot men on this podcast. Apparently, you know what? I would be rather I'm much happier to be pro hot man than anti hot man indeed <laughs> i guess the that's it's not really that's inclusivity baby <laughs> <laughs> well well i mean you know you've got your your two co-hosts here that are you know men but we are uh, we're we're like average looking on the i would say on the uh uh the attractiveness and we can definitely appreciate some hot men mhm mhm like Jason Momoa. Uh-huh. <laughs> Don't know I said that weird, but I did. Are we looking so, at pictures of Jason Momoa now? Uh, I just or did you just sure Google it, hot men? <laughs> I just wanted to make sure I had his name right because I my I had a brain fart. Sure. Um, and I did say it right. I could Google hot men right now, but we've got a podcast to do. <laughs> you know, you, we could just take a whole break. I could listen to the Wilhelm team. You could look at pictures of hot men. We'll come back in five. We'll, we'll come ten. back and discuss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but yes, she is. She is making out all on top of him, uh, and she is like, "Look, could you not tell Troy and Abed that we went on a date tonight?" Um, and he's like, "Yeah, I can keep a secret. I'm from the Balkans. There are many things I try to not talk about." And Britta immediately shifts into n- need to care for damaged men yes. mode because she's like, I knew it. I knew there was pain in you. You can talk to me about anything like her. She she has stopped being horny on main. She is now uh, in damaged men mode where she mm. is just like, tell me your pain. I, I, I need to hear your pain. She is attracted to men with pain. She very much. Like, she has a type and it is damaged men. It, <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um and then he starts talking about all the killing that was in the Balkans and all the the corpses laid around and how much and he just misses it. And Britta goes in to kiss him and is like, 
hold on you you miss and and she pulls herself to clarify the wording of i miss it and he misses quote i you know i probably shouldn't quote it he misses the killing part where he killed the people uh britta is now conflicted because he Uh is a war criminal he literal like not a joke criminal literal Um, war criminal in the balkans the genocide and then this is a comedy show it's decided to do a genocide uh discussion well you know it's a comedy show because as soon as this gets revealed there's a sad trombone (laughs) that's true (laughs) because his neighbor is a a jazz musician who plays trombone and um i do appreciate community for being like let's let's talk about the smell of burning villages and the way that they used to run from my tanks in fear. Wah, wah, wah. And then like, there's an in-universe reason why this is a diegetic, uh, right. uh, sad trombone. His neighbor's a it's, jazz musician and, and, and Luke is like, knock it off. He, re- that guy really knows how to kill the mood. And then he's, like, he's trying Luca. to get laid by talking about all the, the burnt bodies and whatnot. You know, and, sometimes, uh, so you, that you sad tr- trombone's gonna come in and ruin that mood. You know what? When you're trying to get laid, you'll do anything, I guess. I mean, so I do. When I think about trombones, <laughs> I like how we're focusing on the trombone part of this. There, I mean, I'm not gonna focus. I'm not podcast. gonna focus on the genocide part. Yeah, probably when a I think good about idea for a comedy podcast. I do think uh, there's an episode of the TV show Doug where. Uh, Doug is trying to get Patty Mayonnaise on the Ferris wheel because he thinks it's going to be like romantic and whatever. Sure. And then uh, she like ends up on it with with uh, school bully Roger Klotz or like she's about to or something. Classic sitcom. He's Doug in his infinite forever imagining everything uh, imagines him imagines roger wooing patty mayonnaise by playing romantic trombone on the ferris wheel and she's just in this imagination uh in this in this sort of horror fantasy she's like (laughs) oh play me another song on your trombone and i'm just like the most romantic instrument ever uh and so sometimes like that for whatever reason (laughs) That is the thing I associate with trombones more than just about anything. No, that's good, um, though. Is Roger Klotz playing (laughs) romantic trombone on a Ferris wheel with Patty Mayonnaise. So this is... This is what growing up on on television (laughs) does to you. It it makes... It's true. Thinking about trombones is now associated to one very specific moment in one very specific Mm. episode of the cartoon, the Nickelodeon cartoon show, Doug. And uh, now that we've told this story, we have an announcement. We will be pivoting this to a Doug podcast. <laughs> it's better than doing 11 plus seasons of Frasier plus Cheers. Um, it's true. I don't want to do that at all. <laughs> uh, like, hey, Doug was I, cool. I love I'm you, like... friend. And I and I'll I mean I'll I'm we've tied ourselves together at the hip at this point. And if you want to do a Fraser podcast, I'll do it. <laughs> but I do not want to do it. Uh, I would. I it, would. It probably... might be a you watch it and you describe it to me, and I make jokes on it. <laughs> I would probably rather do a Doug podcast. Um, 
Even even the Disney's Doug part. I'll watch that too. When it moved, I'll do that. Mm -hmm. I did it with Futurama when it moved to Comedy Central. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's my groove right here. Yeah, no, this is this is some good stuff. Doug was Doug was pretty good, man. Um, and you can you can use like killer tofu as the grade section. Uh huh. Or this Maybe. part, like this part rules. Uh, anyways, that's that's this has Doug. been the Doug minute. Doug, Doug <laughs> minute. So. Boy, we went from from uh, genocide in the Balkans to talking about Nickelodeon's Doug. So, <laughs> and then Disney's Doug. Good job, everyone. Back at Jeff's, Chang is sawing the legs of Jeff's coffee table because he's sure. trying to even it out. He noticed it was a little uneven. Uh, uh, he has made it wasn't worse, quite level, and now he's he's making it worse, and so he's fixing it. Um, and then he decides it's the floor that's wrong. And then Ghost saw the floor, and Jeff's like, don't saw the floor. I'm tired of confiscating saws. Do you think the the Saw franchise uh, could have one called, uh, like, Saw 11 or whatever? Colon, I'm tired of confiscating saws. (laughs) 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 Yes, and if I knew any character other than Jigsaw, I would... Posit a, uh, a, I would, I would pitch you on the plot of what that movie looks like, but I do not. Uh, we, we need Abed to tell us about the entirety of the Saw franchise because I've not watched it. So, and here we, and here's how we introduce our guest, Abed Nadir. I thought you were going to say that's how we introduce our guest, Jigsaw. But anyways, um, <laughs> that would have been funnier. Chang is uh, he? This the Saw gets confiscated confiscated and jeff hands him this big legal document and chang looks it over and starts crying because he actually wants to be a father um so he's he's not prepared to sign this he also misunderstands it at first as jeff adopting him I don't even want to contemplate any of that. <laughs> You're like I. I was I was just gonna skip over that part. That's fine. I just think it's a funny misdirect. Um, but but yes, he's uh, Cheng is worried uh, that he doesn't know if he wants to be a father, but this could be his last chance at it. He doesn't quote unquote Chang a lot of chicks. Hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, Jeff. In tells fairness, him that- I have I have never Changed a chick, so you know it's fair. It's um, not my forte. It's not mine either. Uh, Jeff tells him that fathers are responsible and have jobs, unlike Chang, who crashes on people's couches. And Chang's like, if I get a job in my own apartment, I can stay in my child's life? And Jeff's like, uh, Jeff notices that he can get Chang out of his apartment. He's like, yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Chang pulls out a saw from under the couch cushion, another saw. Mm-hmm. To, to saw the document sure. in half. And he's just like, "What? where do you keep getting these? I think he's asking the right questions now. Yes. Like, it's, uh, less, it's less about stop sawing things and more of, why do you keep getting, so- are they coming out of, like, a bag of holding? What's going on here? What is the right number of saws for uh, uh, an adult to own? I think it depends. 
Uh, it, I think it mostly depends on location and what your type of uh, domicile is. Okay. So, uh, like, let's, if you live in, say, if you you're... live in the forest, like in a okay. house, it, you might have a lot of saws because you might be doing a lot of sawing. Let's say your location is Greendale, Colorado. Okay. And your type of domicile is Jeff Winger's couch. I would say zero saws. I would say one. You never know when you need a saw. Just throwing that out there. Possible. I I, I just, so I, I, I am biased. I do live in a freestanding house with yards and such and trees and such. We do need at least one saw here. Uh, certainly, maybe a couple to make sure you, you a, a big saw, a small saw to get the yeah, the, the, the usual kind of thing. Like I got to saw off a branch or the whole tree is now diseased and I got to get rid of it. You know, that kind of thing. But in an apartment, I'm not sure what you're sawing. Just in case. You never know. So we and go to the cafeteria. Just in case Jigsaw shows up, it's like, where, where's your saw? I'm assuming that's what Jigsaw <laughs> sounds like. Uh-huh. Saw 12. Where's your saw? Man, I, I can't believe they stopped the Saw franchise with these great ideas for Saw movies in which we've not elaborated further. In the cafeteria, Troy and Abed uh, are, are fueling up. They are getting a bunch of food. They're about to have a marathon gaming mm-hmm. session with noted war criminal Luca. To be fair, only we and Britta know he's a war criminal uh, at this what point. Is, what is dramatic irony that also Britta knows? <laughs> correct dramatic irony plus brita P- plus brita uh they do they are getting a lot of fork foods you don't want to grease up the fingers you really don't it's true i've done that accidentally before boy j- j- like everybody's like oh you're drinking gator or mountain dew and eating doritos and playing your v games don't do that Get something that, you can use that a fork Dorito with. dust is going to get gonna, everywhere, my dude. You're going to have to clean those controllers, and it's just a pain in the butt. Get the some controllers fork these days are like seventy bucks. Like holy Se- crap! I know. Who, this who is can why afford I all, those? Like a lot of people don't like boneless wings. They say they're just chicken nuggets. They're right about this. However, they are great because you put a fork in them, you put them in your mouth, you chew them up, and then boom, you don't have greasy or saucy hands. And you're you're playing your video game. You're and as a as a bonus, uh, you've eaten that fork, and so anyone who is watching this knows not to mess with you. Oh yeah, your friend you, sitting you, next you to you can like, and will consume an actual fork. <laughs> it's true. Your friend sitting next to you is like, "Did you just eat a fork?" And you're like, "Yeah." It's like, "Do you have pica? What is going on here?" And then you just say, "I have an iron deficiency," and then you move on. Britta is asking how much they know about Luca. And they think that she is just trying to, like, still get with him. They're like, you didn't, like, go out with him, and now you're trying to, like, tell us a bunch of stuff about him. And she says, no, no, I just, I just, you know, uh, just, just curious. Good, because Luca's going to teach us how to break the will of an entire village by killing their livestock and desecrating their places of worship. That sounds horrific. Ugh, girls are so undesensitized. I do think that it should ring a few bells uh, for that because I've never, um, other than some of the Call of Duty games uh, that go to bad places, uh, a lot of those things don't generally happen in video games mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the people that make them aren't horrible people generally. Uh, I mean, hell, I've played like the Grand Theft Auto games and you can do some some pretty like gross, ridiculous things in those, but mostly like... I've I 
I feel like the news is like, oh, in this video game, you can you can pay a prostitute and then run her over. And most everyone I know who's played Grand Theft Auto is like, jumping motorcycles off a of crap is so fun. Right, yeah. It's like you're focus A, you're focusing on the wrong thing. And B and B, Fox News is just gonna make a sex box pun out of it. Um, which I'm st- anyway, <laughs> my point is, uh that it just seems like that should ring some bells of like, wow, that Maybe we shouldn't do this even in a you, video game setting. You probably, you probably, you know, I mean, I'm not going to tell you how to live, but just pro tip from your old pal, Ben. Um, if somebody is just really excited to show you how to do war, war crimes in a video game, uh, you might want to take a second look at that friendship and just, you know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that they are 100% for sure a bad human being, but maybe take a step back and be like, yo, why are you so into the, the, yeah. the war crime part of this video game? It's an evaluation m- moment where you're just like, mm-hmm. I'm going to reflect on this. That's all I'm asking. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm not generally a war game fan. I play sports games mostly. And then sometimes I play Mario's and things like that. I don't generally do the shooting ones. But, I mean, it would it would be like if you were like, oh, yeah, I was playing the latest Madden mm-hmm. and like just watching those guys just crush into each other and give each other CTEs. Mm, so good. That's my favorite part of that game. Right. Now, I will say that there is a game called Blitz the League, which I you might have heard of a while ago that allowed you to give your player steroids and other things like that. And I thought that was an interesting uh, take and statement on the current status of, of football and sports in our country and not like, I can't wait to give my star quarterback steroids. So he throws it better. Um, but you know, there, there, there are ways to appreciate things in ways that are not glorifying war crimes, I suppose is what I'm trying to say. My favorite part about Madden 2021 is burning down villages. Excellent. You know, it's, it is weird that they <laughs> added that mini game, but you it's know, really weird. I don't know. It's just it's mechanically satisfying, unfortunately. EA really just decided to try something different. You know, every every other Madden pretty much the same. Might as well throw in the the uh village burning mini game. And you know what? They do say EA Sports is in the game and that one was in the game. It just it you know, you don't see it very much on Sundays, but you know it's there. Shirley meanwhile asks Jeff how it went with Chang and Jeff is just like, ugh. I mean, you know, I gave my most convincing speech and whatever, but I think I think he's just like dead set on on this. And it's at this point Chang shows up uh, dressed as, and I called him Dollar Store Mister Rogers. <laughs> he's That's got a, a cardigan. Much better description than I had. He's got a tie. He's got a he's got a an old timey pipe which Mister Rogers didn't have, but yes. You know, it, I call him still... a fifty sitcom dad. Okay, I can see I, he's kind of fifty sitcom dad. He's um, got a world's greatest dad mug. He's wearing a cardigan. You you are right, mm-hmm. a cardigan. Uh, he does he does have the kind of fifties glasses that you'd have, which is which has like the clear bottom part or whatever. Um, it's all very very specific. And he starts talking about the stock market up down. <laughs> it should choose a direction. Am I right? It's like. Okay. There's no there's no knowledge of anything behind that, but sure, okay. Yeah, everyone in this in this uh situation is just like what the hell is going on? And then Chang 
calls Jeff his main mentor and Shirley immediately figures out what's going on and ends up chasing him out of the room. And meanwhile, Chang just sits down to talk to Andre. He's like, hey, let's question, like, dad to dad. Why do I have to put the VCR on three if Bones is on five? So I have a a theory, not about that specific line. It is a very good line. Okay. Uh, But I've not seen WandaVision, but I imagine this is a lot like WandaVision, uh, where uh, Chang has created a reality in his own brain uh, to uh, deal with some things that he he doesn't want to deal with. Uh, I have also not seen WandaVision. Uh, the things I know about it is that it has Wanda and it has Vision. Excellent. I do know that it has Catherine Hahn and she puts in a good performance because she's a, a, a treasure. Meanwhile, uh, you know, I thought we would be making more jokes about WandaVision, but you're right. If neither of us have seen it, I've, there's yeah, not really much nothing. to make fun of. I, I have absolutely nothing on this. Um, I've been trying to get my wife to watch it for for uh, weeks at this point. I even it was like, maybe I could get Sarah to watch it over Disney Plus Watch Party. And that hasn't happened either. It's like, ah, I just I, I, I'm, I know we have different opinions about being behind on the discourse, I, the, the Twitter discourse where you're like, yeah, cool. Everybody's mad at this. <laughs> awesome. I want to be people that are mad at things. I want to be I, that discourser. I perpetually live my life on the Twitter discourse, not knowing what the t- the current TV show people are talking about is about, and then being like, "Hey, y'all have have you seen You're the Worst? It's so good. It's it's about a really dysfunctional couple that does a lot of really messed up things that most people would find abhorrent." You should watch that while everyone else is like WandaVision. So the Mandalorian. Oh, that's so good. Like, right. And then I, you look I at know, your, I know my place. Sure. I know and where you look I'm at, at your Twitter analytics on that, that tweet. It's like one reaction. Oh, one person opened this. Excellent. I know what I'm about. Um, <laughs> Sometimes knowing what you're about is important. Oftentimes I'll tweet something and then like one person liked it. I'm like, okay. Surely catches up with jeff kind of she's like look i know you're not gonna make a pregnant woman run uh and then he stops and she's like i know you're not gonna make a a pregnant woman walk this distance between us so he reluctantly (laughs) walks up to uh shirley and uh they being a fundamentally okay human being (laughs) Mm -hmm. they they have a a chat about what uh what is transpiring i didn't actually write down any of the the conversation yeah Um, i basically just said that shirley's pissed at him for not helping her and instead helping chang out of his apartment that's kind of the gist i will say though that this is i didn't write down the specifics but this is this is some good shirley here like we have we have been in a relative shirley desert the last handful of episodes oh man and getting a lot of shirley is just parching that shirley thirst that didn't come out right and I feel like in a lot of episodes, Shirley is a bit of a caricature as a middle-aged Christian mom. Yes, agreed. And it is genuinely a good thing that like, we, we get this scene where Shirley is sticking up for herself and not like not playing the role of the victim which she is all too happy to do sometimes 
because uh, of that right. classic Christian persecution. Sure. And her to just be like, look, Jeff, you are being selfish. You need to think about someone other than yourself and actually like sticking up for herself for good reason. Like yes. it's it's good it's good to have Shirley back with such a strong presence in this episode. I agree. I I, I I always I tend to like the Shirley episodes and I think that this episode specifically puts her in a like all like in a good in a realistic position for somebody that thinks the way that she does is like, you know, this thing happened. Um I want to safeguard as much as I can the the family that I've got because I've no I she's lost it in the past and it has come back to her. Um, parts of it, of course. Um, and you know, she wants to safeguard her family from chaos. And I know that the, the lesson ends up being, you can't really do that, but I think there's some realistic and, uh, some realistic boundaries she's attempting to set that Mm -hmm. are reasonable. Um, that she, you know, she sets the, tries to set these reasonable boundaries of like, I don't feel comfortable with Chang, period and i agree with that because have you seen chang he's lost it um which he admits later on he's like i'm Mm -hmm. nuts jeff it's like yeah you are um but like one i think it's an interesting contrast too because early in the episode um like i said we we have this moment where annie is like yeah we let we let pierce say you people because it's better than the things he was going to say otherwise and we're all fine with it this is fine we've decided this is fine and then so so to have pierce as this this uh terrible force that everyone is willing to excuse and then to have chang as this really like you know chang is a much more chaotic much more uh, unpredictable force. Sure. But they, they are both kind of terrible people. And like, it is interesting that Chang gets this, like, uh, Chang does not get the pass that Pierce gets. Sure. That um, is interesting. An interesting point. I do think that Chang, there is an element of danger to, to Chang that Pierce does not have. Um, and maybe that's just because of viewpoint or not viewpoint, but visibility. Um, Pierce, even though he is openly racist, sexists, all of the ists, he is also just kind of like seen as an old man that is behind the times and, you know, isn't, isn't really like it will use psychological torture. Sure. But not like, like physically you will be safe. <laughs> Um, I mean, yes and no, but he he's also the same guy who who interrupted the D&D game and got really in Neil's face and got like excited about making Neil sure cry. Like That is true. I I think that's I I mean the the harmlessness aspect is always uh it's a thing I don't it's a take I don't really like because eventually a harmless person becomes a harmful person totally accurate i understand that i do want to point out that chang just pulls out saws at un uh, from yes. wherever now, so i mean the, I, I i do understand it's levels i do of understand that people are willing to excuse the people they think are harmless 
So I, I get, I'm not saying that like it's bad writing. I'm not saying that it, it doesn't fit the characters. Um, I do just think that, and I, I actually think it's a, it's a really good examination of that because you do have people who are absolutely willing to excuse the crappy things that their friends do. Sure. Uh, the, again, the, the proverbial broken stair, uh, which if you're not familiar with the idea of the broken stair, um, uh, it, there's a lot written about it, but basically the idea is it's like the one person in a group that everyone knows is a problem, but you all just kind of jump over it like a broken stair on a staircase. Sure. And as long as you are all familiar with this broken stair, it's fine. But like, it is still a, a dangerous, perilous thing that you're all just ignoring. Sure. And that can um, mix with the observer uh, problem. So, um, anyways, look it up. People have explained it way better than I can. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying that this is like poorly written. It is, it's an actual very good look at that idea of the broken stare because Pierce absolutely is that. Sure. And absolutely. Literally at the beginning of this episode, Annie is excusing the broken stare. She's telling Andre, just, just jump over that step. Like, yeah. Don't don't step point. on it, just jump over that. And meanwhile, it's you got Chang where it's just like, oh no, that guy that guy needs to 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 get gone. We don't want him. You know, he he is he is a a presence we actively try to push away. Um and I don't remember how we got on this topic, but there it is. Um <laughs> I don't either. Uh our our fans will and you will probably after we edit it and I will uh, when I listen to this. But I do think it is an interesting topic to compare and contrast uh Pierce and and Chang, especially right now before Chang gets too cartoonish, not to say that, you know, not to spoil anything, but boy, this is we're going to go some places. Um, I haven't even seen some of them. We're still going to go places. Um, but it is an interesting, you know, compare comparison between somebody in group and somebody out group. And, you know, mm-hmm. Chang continually to be out group, but Chang also has some history with the group that he had power over the group. And that power dynamic didn't really do, wasn't, wasn't a, wasn't a good situation for the group. And they they overthrew that power dynamic. Okay, um, they shifted that, and I think that's that that is also a again not not to say that you're wrong, but just like a piece of the puzzle that could also be like honestly, if we wanted to, we could write a paper about this. We uh, will not I'll be let, doing so. I'll let someone smarter than me uh, do that. Meanwhile, um, uh, back to the at- back to the Balkans. At Abed's, uh, they are playing their little war games again, and Britta stops by. Uh, she's like, oh, uh, I'm just here because I forgot uh, I left my hat here. I need my uh, Trekkies do it on the front in the Final Frontier hat. Uh, and Abed's like, that's not yours. That's mine. Also, the Final it's Frontier, is that, like, is that like butt stuff? Like... <laughs> where where is where is the final frontier on a human body? Uh, well, you know what the reference is. <laughs> I know you know what the reference is. I know I know what the reference is. I'm trying to figure out what the double entendre is. I see. I guess it's the butt. <laughs> Britta is like, hey, like you're really good at this game. Must be a reason that you know you are so good at this game. 
and Troy, Troy thinks this. <laughs> he thinks that this is her her way of flirting, which he's he says your flirtation technique is hilarious but it's distracting i love the first description of hilarious it's it's very funny that that's the first place he goes in in fairness if it is hilarious if someone was really like i'm gonna flirt with this guy you're so good at this game is there a reason that you are so good at this game that's pretty funny it's true. It's like I, 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 I'm sitting in my room playing Madden and a woman comes up to me and is like, I don't know why this would ever happen other than my wife. Let's let's say it's my wife. Why are you so good at Madden? It's like I've been watching football since I was like six. What I mean, I know what to do. Don't ask me why I'm so good at this village burning mini game they've included in Madden 2021 <laughs> for some reason. It's, it's mechanically satisfying. Uh, so... Uh, yeah, they're like, look, it's distracting. Luca just set fire to a farmer's market. And this is when, like, Luca notices that Abed has a DVD version of Kick Puncher 3, The Final Kickening. Sounds and rad. He, he asks to borrow it. But Abed has a strict no-loaning DVDs policy because Pierce kept writing this side up on all of his discs. I... I feel like it's a bro- like it's a blanket policy for everyone. It mm-hmm. seems like it could be a very specific policy for Pierce only. I mean, yes, but I, I also just feel like Abed is protective enough of his stuff that it's just like I'm gonna I'm just gonna institute this blanket policy. That's fair. I, I it mean, just seems like you, you, you're you're like it's it's uh, it's like using a. Uh, a sword versus like a paring knife. Like you don't need a, a a sword for filleting a fish. Maybe a sword's the only thing you have. So just throwing that out there. I yeah. W- mm, I, okay. Oh, <laughs> I won't. I won't push the subject. And so Britta's like, oh well. Uh, what if somebody were to break that rule? And then. Abed's immediate response is they'd be dead to me forever. And then Troy and Abed do their little uh, uh, clap. Yeah. Their best friends clap. And then I'm just like, okay, now, now this is where I'm like, okay, maybe this is, maybe this is a little far Uh, (laughs) dead to me forever because they borrowed a DVD from me. Sure. That's maybe a bit far for me. Borrowed a DVD. Well, I mean, I would be upset if somebody borrowed a DVD without my uh, permission. Uh, but I think it it's called be- stealing. But continue. <laughs> I mean, I'm using the terminology in the episode, but fair. Uh, but I, yeah, I don't think I'd be like, "You are dead to me forever." It's like, oh, did you just you just wanted to watch Kick Puncher Three: The Final Kickening? Oh, okay. I mean, I cool. I you know, I could buy it. <laughs> like, like whatever. Back in the cafeteria, Chang is shining his tennis shoes for some reason. You gotta still, see your face in them. He's still dad LARPing. Um, and <laughs> you, you doing okay there? That's such a great way to describe this. It's so good. Uh, he is dad LARPing. Andre Man, comes up. And he's like, hey, can I like give you some advice? You know, you know, dad to dad. And Chang is like, hell yeah. All right, let's do this. He's like, I got to get my pipe. What you want to talk about? <laughs> Andre suggests Chang needs to relax a little bit. And, you know, it's like, 
Andre gives gives quite a long speech, uh, but the the summary of it is that it's not how you act, it's what you do. Mm-hmm. Chang has says, "Well, I've put aluminum siding on the t- pool table. I do stuff. It's like that's not what I." And then Chang is gone. I do kind of want to know why he felt that was necessary, but I also don't. It's like when <laughs> when when our cats do weird stuff. There's a part of me that's like. Like one of our cats loves licking the condensation off of cans. So like if you get like a can of, of beer or something, she loves licking the condensation off of it. And every time I'm like, I want to know, I want to know why she is so obsessed with this. But then also I'm like, Oh, but if I knew how a cat's mind worked, I don't, I don't know if I could count myself uh, as sane Right. You we we did lost you at that. You would have mm-hmm. become one with the cats. Mm-hmm. And then and then you're the one not covering your poop. I don't remember if that was a Patreon one. <laughs> that was pre that was pre-show banter, yes. Um so we can't lose you to the cats, Ben. You have a podcast to do. Uh so and yeah, other I, reasons. I, I do I do feel that kind of same way about Chang here, where I'm just like, I wanna know, but I don't really want to know you know what i bet the writers are like this is a funny thing and they're like why would chang do this it's like, oh i don't ask. i bet i bet writing for chang was a lot of fun because you don't need to back up any of the things he does with right. any actual character like the, the entire rest of the show is very character driven and so having uh characters who who are well written and consistent all great and then you've got chang where it's just like what if you put aluminum siding on a on a pool right. table literally for him it's like i'm just gonna throw spaghetti on the wall whatever sticks is going in chang's character done that might be literal spaghetti in the study room britta walks in and and it turns out somebody has took has taken kick puncher three from abed's and britta is such a bad actor about this she's like oh i mean oh you know i remember luca you know he was uh, he he was really interested in in it. Do you think? Hmm. Oh, maybe he. Guys, no. do you think maybe he took? No. Like, like Britta, we know there, like, there's <laughs> video evidence of yeah, it. Yeah, of it's like you don't think, unless you don't suppose. However, no, that would mean that you guys would have to stop hanging out. No. We have video of you taking the DVD, Britta. You have a security camera in your room? It's for an extremely thorough documentary I'm making on my life. It's mostly footage of me watching dailies, but every once in a while it comes in handy. Uh, she explains that Luca is an actual war criminal. And uh, Troy's like, in what war is he a criminal? The battle for our affections? How about the genocide in the Balkans? And they don't believe her. My favorite um, part is that's what somebody that borrowed a DVD without permission would say. It's like... What? Mm-hmm. I mean, what your character gets revealed the moment it it's revealed that you are the type of person to borrow a DVD without permission. Yeah, that's that's when I start accusing people of war crimes. <laughs> Back at Jeff's, Jeff comes home to find Chang singing a a version of the song Bingo uh in in broken spanish sure. because it was like bingo was el nombre so it's not even like full spanish uh-huh 
Uh, he, he it did is, get it, held he up, is right? teaching this. He is teaching this to two young children. Um, uh, he claims that they are Shirley's kids, and mm. he's just he's doing it. He picked them up from school. He's doing it to prove that he is a quote responsible dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, notice, I, 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 we're going to talk about it in just a second, but just I, I, the wording of Chang claims that these are Shirley's kids is important. Um, so because uh, he has kidnapped somebody else's kids, <laughs> he has kidnapped someone else's kids. That child endangerment has gone off in the third yeah. act. Because I believe Jeff mentions like you should call Shirley and beg for forgiveness. It's like I'll go take you back, um, and the kids are like, "Who's Shirley?" My mom's name is Laquanda. Yeah, we find out that these aren't even Shirley's kids. Jeff Jeff misses this part, though. He's just like, I'm going to take the kids home. And uh, also, you're a horrible human being, and I will never feel sorry for you again. I don't care what happens to you. And when I get back, I want you gone. Chang immediately decides to call the cops uh, on Jeff. Uh, saying that he has kidnapped children. And then we go to the police station where Jeff, the next morning, is informed that he's free to go and gets his wallet, keys, and pasties back. Uh Uh-huh. He he claims that they're nipple guards for running, but uh, that that the the officer is dubious on that claim. It does... uh bring up some questions because he is he is known now for uh nipple play and it's true that nipples can get bloody when you're running a lot so you're trying to sometimes you just get all it all comes back to jeff's nipples exactly and you got to protect your assets exactly uh if i had assets i would protect them that's why i've got a safe in my room and it has nothing in it because i don't know what i'm it's like what what uh, talking on a podcast i can't really protect that very well i mm-hmm. guess my throat is my asset at this point so like i should be Put drinking a whole lot safe. more warm tea yes that's good of course uh how did i forget Sh- shirley and andre show up they're just like oh my god i'm so sorry and he's like no that's fine i i spent the night learning arts and crafts with my cellmate chabo did you know you can make an ashtray with nothing but a cigarette and a snitch's forehead and andre <laughs> It's just like Shirley looks just like concerned and Andre's just like, yeah. And then everyone kind of looks at him like, (laughs) hold on, what? Like, we're just going to let that one go. But what? I I, And I just love the sort of like Andre doesn't even make a point of it. He's just like, yeah, like he knows. He knows. We don't don't find out. It's like we don't we don't find out why he but he knows. Um, but Shirley does say that, uh, she spoke to Laquanda, not going to press charges. Um, Jeff apologizes for trying to capitalize on the situation and Shirley accepts it saying that punishment is time served. This is when Cheng get, uh, comes in cause he has been arrested. Uh, it turns out that Shirley has convinced Laquanda to not press charges against Jeff, but to press charges against Cheng for child endangerment. And Jeff is immediately like, now, hold on a second. That gets him like three to five years. If we work together on this, put our heads together, we could get him 20 to life. I think he specifically says we could be rid of him for 20 right. to life. He even, he even um, says, are you sure you're okay with that? Because then we could get him there for... Uh, Andre is taken aback by this discussion. It's like, why are you doing this, Chang? 
Yeah, I do. I do like how, you know, Andre, Andre seems like a pretty good guy. I mean, I know, you know, he cheated on Shirley and stuff, but like, it's, it seems like he's really got his head on straight now because like, he's like, look, locking that little man up won't make our lives less crazy. It'll only make prison crazier. It's true. And Um, so like, he, he points out like, you know, look, random random chaos is going to happen and you can't stop it i mean right. you just you just got to you know weather it together and it it's a very it's a very good speech about how yeah. like you can't control everything and you just you got to do the best that, that you can and, and locking on- chang up is not part of that it's true and while andre was gone cheating uh because he was coward he says um uh, surely learn to accept the bad with the good, which Jeff calls the Greendale effect. The school's motto is lower your standards. Back in the study room. Oh, well, there is. I yeah, did Chang skip does over. burst through the vent. <laughs> I, I didn't put it in my notes. It's Chang being cra- all weird. He he bursts through the vent. Uh, the and just officer apologizes. comes in and, and has to retackle him. It's a whole thing. Back in the study room. Britta is studying alone and Troy and Abed come in and they they say hi and she's like, oh, what? You want me to ruin something for you? I was just impressed that somebody was studying. I was like, I literally wrote down <laughs> in my notes, wow, there's studying happening here. Right? In the study room. What? Um, so there's no party to have in the study room right now? Troy is just like, no, you're being dramatic. But he also, real, he's like, you don't ruin anything. He also realizes that she is wearing a green bandana around her neck and he is also and he's just like oh well like he doesn't say anything you can see the expression and he's just like well this is this is done and he stealthily tries to take that that it's uh, very off it's she has ruined green bandanas donald glover just is so good at that small little touch and like the notice and the realization of like we can't be seen seeing wearing the same thing and just like pulling it off like that very good uh, so they're like, look, we asked Luca some questions after what you said. Uh, you know, he told us about his time in the army and the things he did. Uh, I I can't unsee. I, I can't unknow any of that stuff. Why why didn't you tell us sooner? And she says, well, I didn't want to ruin another guy for you, which is sort of a weird sentence, but that's fine. Sure. Troy says that there's a difference between telling them that a guy likes nipple play and that a guy makes hats out of babies. It's a pretty big difference, yes. Quite a big difference, yes. They are like, well, I guess the reason this happened is that is that we've been riding you pretty hard lately. Um, you know, we we could all stand to to be a little bit nicer to each other, and th- they all make up. And Britta says, "Well, I guess I ruined game night. I tend to ruin stuff." Like, nah, you you don't you don't ruin anything. You want to come watch catfish with us? And she immediately is like. Is that the one where the guy flirts with the girl online and then it turns out to be a fat old woman and they just look at her really upset, but they are like, uh, it's cool. I mean, maybe it's about catfish. And as they leave, Troy punches the wall. <laughs> we cut to the tag, which is just everyone at the, on the, uh, at the table in the study room. They are all looking at their own devices, be it phone or laptop or Pierce has a, calculator that he's just typing stuff onto you know he's just trying to get to boobs it's eight zero zero eight well that's a singular boob you got to get a five in there somewhere 
Uh-huh. Um, that you add a five on the end of that. Done. Oh, that's <laughs> how it works. Easy. Oh man. How did they never teach me this when I had my math classes in college? Mm-hmm. Uh, you would think that they would have taught you that. Um, that seems and like then, it's a 101 kind of thing. And then they all, uh, are, uh, it's time to leave and they're like, well, this is fun. And then they all leave. It's fine. It's, it's, it, uh, it's a rather uninspired tag. I think. I think it's uninspired now. I think it might have been more inspiring inspired back then. Um, but this That's is fair. also this is also me and my wife after we finish watching a show on TV where we just sit there for 20 minutes looking at our own phones. Mhm. Yep. Modern uh, culture. I was I was having lunch with a friend of mine once. Um maybe I don't know. Uh 2013-ish. Okay. Uh we were having lunch in this in this diner and uh this this older gentleman comes up and he's like don't you two know that you're doing it wrong you're not supposed to be looking at each other you're supposed to be looking at your phones and like kind of gave us some some gentle boomer ribbing to sure. us to our millennial ribs and we we're like oh ha 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 and then he left and we're just like whatever man it's like, <laughs> like you should mind your said, own business look at your damn newspaper you old man Anyways, he was nice enough. It's fine. That's fair. Um, but anyways, the tag and the episode are both over. And that means that it is time for... Great. This is a challenging episode to grade, which is now I'm realizing that I had to go first and I have to figure out where the challenge is. You opted to go first. I so. know. I chose this for myself. Um, I think I just wanted to talk again, um, as you do on a podcast. Uh, this is a challenging episode. It is, uh, you've got a lot of Chang. You got a lot of genocide, um, uh-huh. uh, discussions of genocide, which is not, you, again, we've made jokes about it. It's generally not great for a comedy podcast um, or a comedy television show, but it is, it is the choice that they made. We'll put it that way. Um, I think this is one of those episodes that doesn't, really move anything along but it kind of gives you some insight into characters which i think is a very interesting interesting kind of uh episode to watch um i think you get a lot of understanding between troy abed and britta which is i think really important to them um especially because you know britta is often wanting to try to do the right thing but not knowing exactly how to do that um Oh, and also trying to bone anybody anybody hot um aren't we all that's fair we did talk that's about how horny. i'm in a <laughs> i'm in a in a happy monogamous relationship that's, that so. is fair <laughs> but i'm just saying we're horny on main as a society that's the thing uh but it's no true. like britta is you know re- is trying to both reconcile the fact that this person is literal war criminal versus trying to not ruin her ruin somebody for their friends because her friends are important to her. Like I want them to have this, but he's also a war criminal. This seems like it would have been an easier choice for somebody that's not Britta, but Britta is, you know, like has that vulnerability where she's like, I can't do this because I've already, I've already ruined so many people for, for these two. And I don't want to do that again. So like her, her uh motivations make sense they're a little 
off because you know everything is a little skewed through Britta's viewpoint. But I think that's it's an interesting look into how she reacts to something, especially when it's like, I really want Troy and Abed to like me, so I won't do this thing that they told me not to do. But then they're like, please, if they're a war criminal, you know, like that kind of thing. I think that's right. a really interesting subplot. The main plot, Chang gives me weird feelings like on this one like he's you know descending uh into madness it feels like more and more um including his wandavision period of being a 50s dad and also kidnapping kids which seems like a real rough choice to make Mm -hmm. um I think Andre uh, 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 makes uh, Ronda. Uh, I, I, I've I've lost his 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 real name, Malcolm Jamal Warner, right? Yep. Uh, he is fantastic in this episode, kind of being almost like an extreme straight guy in the situation to all of the madness happening around him. Um, I think he's he, it's a very strong performance for him, and we get a lot of Shirley, and we get a lot of Shirley, like we discussed, being not you know, a, not a caricature, not using guilt as a weapon, but like trying to do the right thing for her, her, her husband and her family, which I think is really important. Um, we don't, you know, so there are some characters that get a little bit sidelined. We, we don't get a lot of Annie. We don't get a lot of Pierce and that's, that's fine. I think we get a decent amount of Annie and we, we get too much of Pierce. Um, that's my opinion. I'm just going to put it out there. We're it's my grade time. Um, but you know, like I think, I think it's a it's a a good episode. I don't think it's it's certainly not one of my favorites. Um, I think it is interesting. It's not one of the high concept episodes, but it is is it is a good episode of television. It is a okay episode of Community. I think. I think I probably give it something like a B minus. I think that's where I'm at. Okay. Because I think I think the character motivations really make 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 this one shine more than it would have. Okay. Uh, yeah, I agree. I do think as far as characters go, uh, I do think this is a very good episode. Um, everyone stays pretty true to their motivation. Um, my, my point on, on your, your thoughts on Britta is for me, it's not so much that she is like, I don't want to, I don't want them to have this friendship ruined. It's that I don't want to be the one to ruin it. I think mm. she's pretty clear in the fact that she is like, they should not be hanging out with a war criminal because she is like, hey, you should ask him about mm. why, why are you so good at this game about war crimes? Yeah, that's that's so a good distinction. Yeah, she it's not so much that she's she doesn't want to ruin it. It's that she doesn't want to be the one to ruin it after they have explicitly asked her to not be to not ruin uh, to right. not ruin it. Yeah, and I think that's um, a really good distinction that you've made. Uh so yeah, I think I think uh and yeah, I agree. Um Andre, uh, I I like having him around. He's he's a nice chill dude. Um I think he brings a lot of uh, uh a lot of uh, a good grounding to sort of the ridiculousness that is happening here at Greendale. <laughs> <clears throat> There's a lot of wildness. And um yeah, I think uh, I think the characterization in this one's really good. It's nice to have a a good solid character centered episode. Um, I do think that 
as an episode of like a comedy show, it's it's not the funniest. Um, it's got some good moments, but it's not, you know, especially community. Uh, community really excels at being really high concept and and homagey, and this is this is more traditional sitcom sort of stuff. Chang is rough because I feel like uh, I I don't hate Chang. But I do feel like he truly is a force of chaos to the extent that there are some episodes where I find his shenanigans to be enjoyable. Um, the one where he's like, I'm going to throw this party at Jeff's house and uh, kind of use that to like weasel my way in. And I've gotten hermit crabs for some reason. It's like, OK, <laughs> this is some weird this is some weird sitcom sort of stuff. Uh, this one, I'm just like, uh, how, how do you function as a human being? Sure. Like there are some times when Chang as a character sort of d- devolves down into a, like, how, how are you able to survive? How have you lived to this point and not been killed or starved to death somehow? Sure. It's and the flanderization like- of, of Chang. Yeah, and I, f- I feel like he he sort of falls into the latter category in this one. Like, I I know he's a lot of it is him kind of playing LARP dad, um, but that will never not be funny to me. LARP dad, dad, you know. Dad but dad. it it is also like he has a million saws for some reason, and he is sawing Jeff's coffee table. Like it's you know it gets weird. All that to say. Uh, I think it's a, a good solid B episode. Um, it is good, not great. Um, yeah. So that's my thoughts. But we want to know your thoughts on this episode on the McElroy brothers stealing Mike's bits. Oh, no, my bits. Um, um, sorry, couldn't help myself. Uh, about how, being horny on Maine. How, uh, how, what is the scariest sound you could hear in the middle of the night? Uh, is it us repeatedly saying horny on Maine? Because <laughs> if so, just put this episode on while you sleep. Uh, is listening to us while you sleep the scariest sound you could hear? <laughs> no, I'm pretty sure people have said that they do that sometimes. Um. What else did we, what, what, I don't remember what else we talked about. Like, I just want to keep talking about dad LARPing. <laughs> <laughs> if what, you, what dad do you LARP as? If you had to dad LARP, uh, what would, what would your class be? What, what I class of dad would you what be? What class is Danny Tanner? Cause that's kind of what I'm going to go for. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I, Wait, I don't know. No, I don't know what I should I be do. Joey from that show. Right. That that's more me anyway. Uncle Isn't, Joey. Is that Uncle Joey? But that's not really uh, dad LARPing then. But I am a funny guy and I do say, cut it out. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I I have to think about what, what class of dad I would dad LARP. Um I I actually I've figured it out. I'm gonna be I'm gonna LARP dad. I'm going to I'm going to dad LARP as Kevin McAllister's dad because sure, I'm going to one. forget you at home uh when I go on <laughs> vacation. I'm going to be married to Catherine O'Hara. Not bad. Um and 
that's it. That's the two things. <laughs> we want to know all these things and more. You can contact us on Twitter at GoodGreendale. You can find us online at GoodMorningGreendale.com. There's a contact us form. It'll send us a cool email. And uh, you can find us on Patreon at Patreon.com slash Back to Futurama. Do you think we could spin off this podcast to a dad LARP, uh, actual LARP podcast? Uh, like the dad land. Oh, wait, no, they did that. The McElroy's did that. <laughs> hey, if they steal our bits, we can steal their bits. That's true. And Justin until McElroy, next time, for you. Until next time, I'm Ben. And I'm Mike. I, I wish, wish you luck. And I'm proud of you, son. <laughs> <laughs> Even if I forgot you at home. <laughs> Catherine O'Hara, uh, if you're listening, let me Are know. Are you still recording? I am. Because <laughs> I am too. <laughs> <laughs>